Hey, thanks for joining us on this last week on our series on water. Did you know that 60% of you is water? Think about that. 60% of God's creation, you, the wonderful you, is water. When you were an infant, it was almost 80%. Did you know that God speaks of water in the scriptures more than faith, more than hope, more than prayer, and more than worship? I would say God has a lot to say about water. Well, today's text is an interesting picture. It's a picture of water within us, but not the water you were born with, the water you were born again with. So it reminds me of the story of a young preacher boy that I read some time back. Older lady in the church, she sees the young preacher, he seems to be struggling with his sermons, he's struggling with his job, and he's bringing more of it home than he can handle, and things are getting a little bit tense. And listen to what she says. She says, Pastor, I can hear the dipper banging in the bottom of your bucket. Okay, if you're like me, I have no idea what that means. So I thought I'd just go see what the intent behind it was. So I reread the story, and the story is, is this, that there are times when you dip the dipper into the bucket of water to get something to drink, and there's plenty of it, and it's almost silent unless you splash the water. But if there's no water in there, then the dipper's gonna bang against the bottom of the bucket. And the picture she was trying to make was that there are times when you are spiritually empty and there's no water in your bucket. I bet you've been there before. I've been there before. Times when you just think, where is God and where is my faith? Do I have any faith? And is there anything alive within me that would feel, look, and act like God? Well, in today's story, I want you to hear Jesus teaching. Now, this is not a parable. This is Jesus teaching. But he's teaching during a time called the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, if you don't know what the Feast of the Tabernacles is, don't worry about it. I want to unpack that for you. But for now, look with me because we want to look into John chapter 7 in three short verses, 37, 38, and 39. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Now, these words were spoken to a people in the midst of this feast when people were literally dying apart from God. They were empty, they were dry, their vessels had no water in the bucket. And so desperately, it was banging. Like, like many of us today, they found themselves with their dipper banging in the bottom of the bucket. They had no power, they had no direction, they had no peace, life was upside down. John includes the commentary in verse 39 of exactly what Jesus is speaking of. He says, 
there are rivers of living water, and those rivers of living water are a picture of, a, of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. Now notice this, the Holy Spirit had not come yet, because Jesus had yet to depart. But Jesus is already saying that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are one, three in one. God the Father, our Creator, God the Son, our Savior, and God the Holy Spirit, our Keeper, this was what was coming. And he was saying, if you trust Him, you get God's Spirit. By the way, that's true for me and you today. When we trust God, when we trust Jesus, when we ask Him to come in and be the Savior of our life, He gives to us His Holy Spirit. And like this water that bubbles up right here, there is an ongoing spring, a river of life that bubbles up within us. Now, when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, we seem to live in two extremes. One extreme is, man, we're just swinging from the chandeliers because the Spirit has gotten us happy. And the other extreme is, we're scared to death that the Holy Spirit might take over our plans. I believe the Lord called us to be a river full of life. And that river of life would live within us and it would bring us life and it would keep us alive. Well, the 21st century church could learn a lot about this river of life because I believe the 21st century church is as empty as the bucket that's clanging with that pitcher. Friend, listen, the setting of Jesus in this teaching is a powerful setting and it marks the reason why these words are said. The setting of Jesus's words are what calls them to amplify through the people's minds and more importantly, their hearts. Jesus was speaking to them in the middle of this festival of the tabernacles. Now, what would happen here in the Feast of the Tabernacles is that everyone would come to Jerusalem, and as they came to Jerusalem, they would all bring like sticks and blankets or some type of canvas. And the whole city would be filled with Jewish people that had brought their sticks and canvases, and they lived inside of this massive tent community. It was a picture of what it was like to live their nomadic life in the middle of the wilderness for 40 years. Now, if you know any Jewish history, you know that everything is marked, everything is taught. And in the midst of this mark, what we know is that they're representing the 40 years of wandering when Moses led them out of bondage from Pharaoh. Well, the guidelines for this feast are found in Leviticus 23, and the people would leave all their permanent residences, and there it was. It looked like a huge refugee camp. At the heart of this feast was a daily parade. It was a procession. And this parade, the priests would carry golden pictures, and those pictures would lead out a procession, and everyone followed. They would leave their tented village, and they would all follow these priests, and they would march through the city, and they would head to the pool of Siloam. Now, I've been to the pools of Siloam. You can still see them today. But as they go, they would sing the words of Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It would be like everyone came here, and if this was the pool of Siloam, the priests would get those waters, and the great crowd of people would parade back to the temple. And they, the, the priests, would take this water from the pool of Siloam down to the altar and the people would shout and wave palm branches and it was quite a festive gathering. This went on for seven days and on the last day, two things changed. First, when the parade of people returned to the pool of Siloam, the priest would march around the altar seven times 
commemorating Joshua's victory at Jericho. And then secondly, the priests would raise this golden pitcher over silver funnels that they'd done every day previously. But this time, there was no water. The pitcher was empty. Not like this water. This, this water keeps flowing. It never stops. Well, at the moment of silence is when Jesus speaks up and says these words from John chapter 7. Come drink from me and you'll have a river of life within you. Jesus had been watching these people go through these religious motions where nothing came out of it. No change, no good, nothing happened. I wonder if that's what happens in our churches all the time. Do we come to church and we leave and nothing's changed? Is it possible that we're going through the motions but we're not really ever experiencing the power of Christ? What happened to that crowd more than 2,000 years ago I think happens all the time. People go to church filled with hopes and dreams and expectations, but way too often we leave completely empty. Let's take a break and worship for a minute. When I come back, let's talk about what that has to do with us in 2020. stay the same through the ages oh your love never changes there may be pain in the night but joy comes in the morning and when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Cause I know that you love me Your love never fails Love of 
I'm glad you're back. And thanks, Zach, for always having this perfect worship song for us. Let's go back to this feast and what was happening here. You see, the Feast of the Tabernacles is a picture of what happens when people are dry and empty. 
what they remember is the sorrow that was found in the wilderness and what they see by the empty pitcher that the priest has is that there's nothing left. All their pomp and circumstance, all their feasting, nothing was changing internally. Well, all of a sudden Jesus gives us a picture that is described by him as something that's powerful. Did you know that you can go weeks without eating food, not that I would know that, but you can only go a few days without water. Jesus understood that and he said in the scriptures, if anyone thirsts, come to me. Jesus said, come to me if you're thirsty. Now the picture here isn't just that my mouth is dry, I, I need water. It is a picture that if you're bone dry spiritually, if you're just completely lost, if, you're, if your life doesn't seem to have meaning, if you're stuck in a rut, you can't seem to get out, Jesus says, come to me. He says, I've got a river that I can give you that will live within you. You know, thirst is a conscience need. We recognize our need. We know we need this water. Here's the question I have for you today. Are you thirsty? I mean, are you thirsty for God? Because God will meet man on the level of his desire. Think about that. God will meet us at the level of our desire. What that means is we can have all the God we want to. We can have all the river of life that we want to. We can have these living waters within us. We can have the Spirit of God give us peace and joy and security and hope and direction. The psalmist wrote it this way in Psalm 42. As a deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. And I'm not talking about just when things have fallen apart. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, do you find yourself longing for more God? But Jesus goes on and he gives an invitation. He doesn't just draw a picture and say, here's what you might could have. Jesus draws a picture and shows what you can have and then invites them to that. We're reminded that Jesus stood to extend this invitation to the crowd, and it's very important. A Jewish teacher would never stand to teach. We do it backward today. In those days, if you were the teacher, you sat and everybody listening to you stood. But Jesus didn't just stand. He stood at the time when that priest stood up and he started to pour that water from the pool of Siloam out into those funnels. But as he poured it, there was nothing there. It was empty. There was silence among the crowd. And in the middle of that silence is when Jesus says, I've got what you need. And he gives this invitation. But I want you to notice, Jesus didn't offer an invitation to come to church. He didn't offer an invitation to a Bible study. He didn't offer an invitation to a pizza party. We're reminded that Jesus gave us an invitation to his Holy Spirit, to invite the Spirit of God to come within us like a rushing river. I read this the other day and I thought it was fascinating. When I think of a mighty rushing river, I think of the Amazon. I mean, we've got some beautiful, majestic rivers here in America, but when I think of a raging river, I think of the Amazon. Did you know that the Amazon River starts in the Andes Mountains, and by the time it ends, it dumps into the Atlantic Ocean, and it dumps with such force that it pushes fresh water 60 miles into the ocean. So I thought I'd look at that and say, well, I wonder what that means. That's 1.4 million gallons of water per second. That's powerful. I mean, that is a powerful amount of water. 
And Jesus is likening the Spirit of God within us to that kind of power and even more. Listen to what John 7:38 says again. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Jesus, friend, is giving us an invitation. And he does it in the most unlikely place where there's silence and emptiness, where, where people are wallowing in pity and sorrow. Jesus stands up and he says, come to me and I will give you this river of living water and that river will be powerful and it will never end. Friend, this is the beauty right here. He says, anyone, that's you. He, yes, he spoke it to those Jewish people, but he's speaking it to you today. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Jesus is saying, trust me, I have got for you the answer to whatever your problem is. And the answer is this, when you call on my name, I will give you that river of living water in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Here's my question. Have you ever trusted Jesus and received that? And if not, the Bible says, call upon his name. It's this simple. Jesus, come into my life. I'm calling on your name. I'm asking for your salvation. And if that's the desire of your heart, I promise you, he'll hear you and answer you. But it could be I'm talking to a lot of Christians out there today, and you've never, ever really sensed the power of this raging, rushing river of the Holy Spirit within your life, welling up and giving you peace, power, and direction in your life. And if so, I want to ask you one of two questions. You pick which one matters to you. Have you, have you ever been absolutely certain Jesus is your Savior? And if not, settle it today. Jesus, I'm calling on your name. But maybe you've been a believer for 40 years, but man, the Spirit of God has been squelched so many times and you've poured so much wire, water on his, on his fire that he just sits dormant in your life. Friend, awaken him today. Awake my soul and Spirit, overcome me. Let me be a person with living waters, rushing, raging, living waters within my soul. Let's pray. God, today, for every hearer, for every watcher, let our souls be filled with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Let it be a raging river within our soul that can absolutely captivate us with peace, with power, with direction. And we trust you, Jesus, because we know without you, none of this happens. And it's in your name that we pray all these things. Amen. Friend, if you trusted Jesus today, you're as sure for heaven as you were already there. And from your heart begins this river of living water. Turn him loose and watch what the Spirit of God will do inside your soul. So as you leave today, let Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy and fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. And when the days are difficult as they are now, hop on his back. He's strong enough to carry you. And let him carry you all the way through the middle of your problems and difficulties, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friend. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
what an amazing service we had and and I want to ask you if there is something that we can pray for you would you shoot us a quick email to prayer at sugarhillchurch.com we would love to pray for you and as we get ready to start our week remember to continue to pray for one another and let's trust that God will do amazing things even in these difficult times God bless you